Yeah, dude, and since Zach's away, I can put as many shit sound effects as I want. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this episode's going to be the fucking splatter dome of <laughs> that makes <life." laughs> Just dry farts, wet farts, all farts. Yeah. I'm like, while dad's away, the butts will spray. <laughs> <laughs> and he listens to it in like the first 30 seconds. It's just the wettest, <laughs> nastiest way. He's like, God damn it. Boys and girls, and welcome to the That Pixel Life podcast. This is episode 182, recording on March 12th, 2022. My name is Justin Time Carter, and this week we are discussing Universal Studios getting a lot more super in 2023, Sony State of Play, games just having the absolute worst luck with release dates, and more. And to do that, I have with me, while dad's away, the boys will play. And by boys, you didn't hear him last week, you get to hear him this week. It's your boy, Shannon Moore. That's right, dude. You get to double down with the dulcet tones from these uh, golden pipes this week. Uh, <laughs> I mean, dude, I, you should, I, I regret not being on last week's show because you guys were talking about like the God of War and you were talking about, I forget what else you were talking about. And I was like, oh my God, I wish I was there because I had some hot takes on a lot of that news. And Well, um, you know, I'm down, to, I'm down to hear some hot takes, you know? I mean, it's a, it's a light news week this week, so we can play some catch up. I've missed you. I want to know how, yeah. how has Mr. War's week been? It's been a shit show, to be honest. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, At least you're honest. <laughs> but... But uh, but yeah, but um, I I got to play a lot of video games this week. Probably this is like the highest. Uh, this is probably the highest week for different video games that I've played. Some good, some bad. Um, but yeah, it, um, I'm glad to be here with you. I got a birthday party tomorrow that uh, Zach will attend. Um, your uh, invite probably got lost in the mail. Um, but um, it happens. You know, I it, it uh, we're gonna celebrate my son's birthday and mine because uh, they're 10 days apart so we're kind of knocking a two we're doing a twofer and then my sister's birthday was is tonight and so uh so she's gonna be there so we'll just get it all out of the way it'll be fun it'll be a good time just bashing all these birthdays out in one weekend pretty much i mean that's how it goes in march because i mean like you know we have like four birthdays um so everybody just gets together in the middle of the month and we knock it all out and it's good because um you know we don't have to drive all over to hell and back because I'm pretty lazy. So, you know. Well, I mean, and with gas prices the way they are right oh. now, driving all, driving all around is a, you can buy a PS5 <laughs> with having <laughs> to fill up your tank. Yeah, what is, uh, what is the, ga- where are the gas prices at your house right now? Like around Dude, your house? we literally just had to fill up the car today and mm-hmm. it's like 467 or something like that. So to fill up the car, it was literally $70. So, um, at the gas station closest to my house, it is now six dollars. <gasps> Holy! Sh- 
Dude, I thought for sure it was going to be... I knew it was going to be like five something. Um, I was not expecting six. That is... Yeah. It is banana crazy. Uh, so yeah, and uh, my girlfriend's car is a Prius, thank God. Um, and you know that thing has maybe like a eight gallon tank. Um, and usually, like when I fill that that tank up, it's you know like twenty dollars. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. I love this car. I looked at the, I looked at the, um, the the meter the other day, and it was like forty eight dollars for the to fill it up. And I was like, what the fuck. <laughs> I was like, that's uh, that's insane. My truck is a little four banger, a uh, little four banger Tacoma, and it cost me a hundred dollars to fill that bad boy up. And I was like, this is I've never had to pay that before. Yeah, dude, so. we were having to borrow my dad's truck. You know, we finally got our car back. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Yeah. So which I'm so glad because I've been having to we've been having to drive his truck around. And let me tell you, filling that fucking Ford F-150 fucking thing up was not cheap. <laughs> And it burns gas like it's going out of fucking business. I know, like you drive down the street and you go through like a quarter tank of gas. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't help that his little gas measuring whatever doesn't fucking actually tell you how much gas is in the car. It's broken. So you have to <laughs> uh -huh. literally like when you fill it up, write down the mileage and just know that in 300 miles you're going to have to fill up. Well, I mean, you know, what what is uh, a Ford if something isn't broken on it can all the time? <laughs> yeah. Very true. Very true. Speaking of which, I was like, even though we got our car back, when I did go to fill it up with gas, our car um, for the gas tank, it does the thing where you push in and it like pops it open, you know, for you to do mm -hmm. it. Uh, I don't know why that that wasn't broken when, you know, we hit the fucking tire. Yet somehow that is now broken. And I went to push it in to pop it open to get gas. Nothing happened. And I was like, uh, and I'm sitting there like pushing it. Like it's not even like giving, like it's just stationary. And I was like, that's not good. <laughs> so I tell Megan, I'm like, hey, can I borrow the car key real quick? And she's like, why? I'm like, well, the thing's not popping open for gas. We're, we're like running on E. So I'm like, I'm gonna have to use your key and fucking pry this thing open. And so I had to sit there and like, and like I was able to pry it far <laughs> enough open that I could wedge my little fucking stick fingers in there and just <laughs> i broke the fucking thing so now it doesn't close so uh, like, yeah we're gonna have to take it back to uh wilhelm and get that shit fixed but i don't understand why it was like what did you guys do it wasn't broken before like i don't know why all of a sudden that doesn't work but yeah it's a it's a mystery you know like who knows what they were doing to your car in there that you know fixed the front end but ruined yeah. the back end <laughs> yeah in the month that we didn't fucking have it yeah, a lot, a lot can happen in that time. It may be like a a, a a troop of rabid squirrels got into your gas tank and made a nest and just like ruined everything in there. Who knows? I mean, Fox News does say that happens nine times out of ten. <laughs> I mean, you're just going to have to put a padlock on it anyway. I mean, if that's the only way you can get to your gas tank and it's, you know, it's 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 busted now, people are just going to be siphoning your gas left and right. Yeah, now that it's like locked in place, I don't have to worry about Jimmy Neutron trying to suck all the <laughs> gas out of our tank. It's gonna be too much work. He's just gonna hit the neighbor's house. <laughs> oh man, dude, gas prices, dude, it's it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, I, I I like the fact that uh, you know, I was thinking when when you said it was like stuck shut, I was like, wow, I was like, you're gonna need to get one of those like coke nails, like fingernails, just to like get in there and get like the get the the cap open. And then, you know, I was like, wait a minute. I was like, it's probably easier just to, like, put the Coke on the uh, the finger and snort it and then run everywhere instead of driving. It's probably cheaper. <laughs> yeah, luckily, if I needed a Coke nail, uh, we filled it up at a Circle K, so I could have just walked in there and pretty much asked <laughs> anybody inside the Circle K to come help me. 
So it's like that's like uh, the Circle K is like the AM PM of uh, of Arizona. I guess. Yeah, it's like the like QT is our nicest gas station, and I would probably say Circle K is the like ghetto gas station where you know it's nine thirty at night and you have to three sixty check your surroundings every twenty seconds to make <laughs> sure while you're getting gas that you're not gonna get stabbed from behind. <laughs> awesome. Sounds like a good time, Justin. You it's, know how to party. Speaking of a good time. Coming to Universal Studios Hollywood in 2023, it was announced Super Nintendo World is coming there, finally. Uh, I know it was announced a while back. They don't have an official, official release date, but they gave us a year, finally. They, I know they've been working on it. They've been building it for the last like couple years. And I guess uh, next year is apparently the big year. Um, yeah. I have yet to... I was supposed to go to Japan <laughs> this year and last year to go to super nintendo world there still haven't got to so you know maybe i'll actually get to go to california and go to their super nintendo world at some point once that comes out since uh covid doesn't seem to be going away anytime soon <laughs> yeah well the masks are so it's all right uh you know yeah, they're just, they're just normal <laughs> yeah it's over guys we won uh so i thought the one in japan i didn't think that was super nintendo world i thought that was just nintendo world in general like that that's no cool. it's uh well i mean it's technically it's technically called super nintendo world but i think everyone just calls it nintendo world mm. it's not super famicom world yeah <laughs> uh, I, I mean i'm excited i mean i would i mean it kind of seems like universal studios needs something there More. yeah like i mean they got the hogwarts thing right um but you know who's going to see Jaws jump out of the water anymore? I mean, it's not as it's not as romantic as it used to be. I mean, people aren't proposing in front of the you know when Jaws pops out of the water. But well, um, I don't even think is Jaws even. I don't even think they do that anymore, dude. I don't. I mean, it's it, how could you not? It was it's been in like so many things like recently. I you know the little screenshots or like little snippets here and there. Um, I'd be surprised if it's not there anymore. So, I mean, last so last time when I went to Universal Studios, they had. And there's the Harry Potter world and they have the one or two rides. There's like the little broom ride and then they have the Hogwarts experience thing. And then you can do the wand shop and stuff. And then they have the Simpsons land where they have the Simpsons ride. And there's like a mummy ride, which is surprising. I'm like, I don't even know how that's still relevant. (laughs) Um, And then they have like the minions one. And then there was the, the life of this life of pets or whatever, which again, I'm like, Dude, you're just stretching for shit at this point. Like, I don't like DreamWorks, I guess, doesn't have that many things to push out. So they're just clinging to whatever they can. Mm-hmm. So, well, I mean, uh, the secret life of pets, um, because I have a kid uh, and my son loves those movies. Like I've seen those multiple times. So, I mean, if those, if there was something in there that was pretty cool, like, you know, I'm down with that. Like Minions, I could give two shits about like Harry Potter. I'm glad like there are. People, you know, people who enjoy that, I'm glad they have a, a, a spot to go and, and nerd out. And that's great. Um, but yeah, it's just, um, I don't know. It's like, it, it doesn't fit their motif, right? Like it's movies, movies, movies. And then there's like this video game park, like right in the middle. Um, so, I mean, I guess as long as it it's, it's equal to the one in Japan, I'd be pretty happy. I just don't want like a subpar experience. Right. I mean, let's be honest, the Japan one is going to be way cleaner and way superior in probably every way, <laughs> but, you know, we'll, we'll just, we'll just take what we can get. 
What are you talking about? Like the Super Nintendo Park, when when uh, when it opens up in Universal Studios, is just going to be filled with forty year old dudes who are just like trying to relive their nostalgia anyway. Like, I mean, maybe you might have one or two kids with like a booger experience on a mushroom or like puking over in the corner, but <laughs> for the most part, I, I think mean, it's going to be like, I'll go for it. Oh, I'm just going to say you're wrong, Shannon, because there will be at least one 32 year old <laughs> who's going to be there who <laughs> is going to be having the time of his life. <laughs> you should go there on like March 10th, Mario day and just like be like double down on your geekness. You're geeking out. I'm just running around yelling wahoo, like pushing kids out of the way. It's <laughs> me, Mario. And then just like yeet somebody like right off the side of the like the little foam pit. I'm like on the Mario Kart ride. I'm like out of the way, you little shit. Just blue shell <laughs> him into oblivion. Yeah, that'd be fun. It'd be a good time for everybody. I'm, you know, I'm. that's good. I mean... I would like to not have to fly on a plane for like 20 hours to go to an amusement park. So yeah, I'll take <laughs> I'll take maybe an eight hour drive down to Universal Studios. <laughs> Dude, at this rate, it would cost you the same. <laughs> it probably would. Probably would, dude. I'm, it'd I'd, probably be I'd cheaper be to fly to Japan, Japan at this point. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Dude, speaking of which, I also went to Chicago um, this past weekend. I went for a wedding. Um, which was my mm -hmm. first time in Chicago, and mm -hmm. I didn't really do anything, um, you know, outside of like wedding stuff. I was only there for like two days, but I got mm -hmm. some deep dish pizza. It was pretty good. That's cool. Uh, yeah, the um, I have some friends that live out in Chicago, and they are always like, "Don't come here. It sucks." And, Don't come uh, here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, like instead of it's the Circle K of cities. <laughs> no offense to anybody who listens to the show who lives in chicago we love your city we love you uh but you know we've just been advised not to go there because it's not fun but yeah uh so um yeah i don't i don't know lost my train of thought well i was gonna say speaking of things that aren't fun delays aren't fun <laughs> <laughs> and let me tell you uh advanced wars for the switch has received its second delay. Um, it was supposed to come out end of last year and then mm -hmm. got delayed. And then it was supposed to come out um, here in quarter one of this year. And, you know, they added new voices. They, it was just in the last Nintendo Direct even. And it has been pushed back yet again due to the uh, recent world events going on, which if those of you do not know... Uh, the war between Russia and the Ukraine. Apparently, they deemed, yeah, you know, now's probably not the best time to be releasing a war game. So uh, we're going to push this back. They haven't said till when. There hasn't been like a new date released yet, but I definitely want to talk about this because uh, <laughs> I brought it up on the Discord and I was like, dude, Advanced Wars just has the shittiest luck when it comes to release dates. And Zach wanted to say, he's like, I actually think Horizon probably has it worse. And I'm like, really? Because the first Advanced Wars for Game Boy Advance came out two days before 9-11. So, <laughs> of like, uh, their track record, I think, outweighs that of Horizon. Yeah, I mean, it, it, 
it, it's it's a hard it's hard to kind of quantify that. I think they both just have bad luck, right? Like one was real world events, and you know, a war a war sim game is never really good when you're facing some type of global strife, which seems to be happening pretty recently every other week in the yeah in the world Um, however like you know i mean with horizon though horizon just had shitty luck in general in the video game ecosphere because like the when they came out i mean they were going up against breath of the wild like breath of the wild came out like two days later or two weeks later yeah and And then twitter took over and it just disappeared into the distance yeah but you know what it had longevity it's not like it just got swept under the rug and nobody like uh nobody followed up on it it wasn't like one of those games that was just kind of tossed by the wayside it did get awards it got a lot of traction it just took a lot longer for it to gain the traction than it needed i don't think it was really until like the uh the the complete edition came out or like uh you know the the playstation classic or whatever whatever they call their their the playstation collection the whatever like it wasn't until that came out that they were just like, all right, let's, uh, you know, it, it, it's a good game and it started to get its notoriety. Um, you know, now that Elden Ring has, uh, you know, ur- usurped it from this most recent um, new release string, it's kind of, it's just kind of a bummer, right? I mean, like there are, it, it, there are games out there that, you know, that's, that, that's what you got to compete with. You just got to compete with like these big games, but n- nobody knew Nobody knew Elden Ring was going to be as popular as it was. They, everybody thought it was just going to be a neat, a, like another Souls game that this niche group of people were going to play. Um, and, you know, Horizon just got dealt a bad hand, even though it still had the publicity. But, like, people knew what they were getting into with Horizon, right? I mean, like, you know what you're getting there. And, you know, either you're prepared for that and you want to play that for 90 hours or you don't. Um, with Elden Ring, I think w- what did them um, a strong like i think what made them come out of the gate so strong is all the reviewers like fawned over this game and gave it like a high 90s like if you regardless of whether you like a game or not uh or you know about a game or not if you see a 90 on metacritic you're gonna buy that game like it's so rare that like you see a game with a nine over a 90 on metacritic well yeah my thing was dude it was getting solid like tens across the board from a lot of different review sites and stuff so that's what was so funny to me is and all these people who literally never even picked up dark souls were like what the hell is this elden ring and why is it getting tens and so it was not on like none of their radar so then everyone started picking it up and they're like oh this is really hard <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i mean but at the same time like the way you've described it um and i think uh zach said this last week is like if you get into an area that's too tough like boom you're done um, most of the credit, like you could just go somewhere else, get on your horse, ride somewhere else do you know, level up somewhere that's easier and then go back to those harder places. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the big complaint that I hear that is kind of giving me pause is everybody's saying, oh, you got to look some stuff up online and you know, there's some legwork that you got to do not in the game to kind of figure out where you're going to go, what kind of build you're going to do. Cause you know, there's a lot of people that like, especially me don't have a lot of dark souls, uh, you know. Uh, experience i do want to get this game at some point and i do want to play it i do want to try it but like not having not knowing what any of these classes are or how they operate or you know which one's better for beginners as opposed to ones that you know are going to be more advanced um you know, that's a lot of work just before you even start playing a game um it, it is so. and it's like i'll tell you right now like magic is the like magic's the thing where it's the most busted 
mm-hmm. in Elden Ring. Like it is basically easy mode for Elden Ring. Like it's hard in the beginning, maybe because you need to kind of level your stuff up and get like a good staff and whatever. But it's like once you get that stuff, you're set. So it's like mm-hmm. it's hard in the beginning, but then by the like mid to late game, like it'll be a lot easier for you. Whereas the yeah. pure strength builds that don't use magic and stuff, it's kind of the opposite. Where it's like in the beginning, you know, you're just direct damage, you know, you have a good weapon, like whatever, you'll be fine. But then in the mid to late game, once you start running into bosses and stuff that do a lot of magic and try and fight you from a distance and they're a lot faster, then now, now you're at the disadvantage in comparison. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the other thing too is, I mean, it's not like I have a massive Twitter following or anything like that, um, but like the people that I do watch that um, that do play Elden Ring that are on Twitter, they get shit on so hard for going magic, like for, for doing like a magic class. And like, I was just like, dude, like, come on. Like, I mean, that's just, that's just the souls community in general. They do that <laughs> stuff all the time because it is, that's the thing is that's considered people. Here's the thing too. I'm not going to defend, but yeah, souls people get fucking weird about that. Same with <laughs> like summoning people in the game. It's a part of the game. It's something you can do. But if you summon someone to try and help you fight a boss, like, they'll shit on you for that. Like, they'll be like, oh, you can't fight the boss by yourself. And it's like, it's literally a mechanic in the game. It's not like you're cheating. It's not like you're doing anything. It's like, you can literally summon friends and do whatever and play. But there's those hardcore, like, still be like, you go, fuck pussy, can't even fight the boss. That's probably supposed to be hard. Like, you can't. And it's just like, dude, it's literally a part of the game. But there's people who will shit on people for summoning other. It's like, dude, I summon people all the time. If I'm like, need help or whatever it's like dude, i'll fucking summon someone all day like i don't care <laughs> like, it, like i'm not like some purist of you can't do it. i'm like dude, it's part of the game like if i want to summon someone i'll do it yeah uh you know i don't know uh what it'll be like or when i'll play it or how it'll be or anything like that but i do know that like that's one of my bigger fears is that i'm going to want to call somebody for help and then the community is going to have moved on from this to something else um, I don't know if like the Souls community sticks with these games like oh, pretty. It they do. Like there's people who still play like Dark. If you were to go to Twitch right now and look up Dark Souls two, there's like probably thousands, like probably at least four thousand people streaming Dark Souls two right now, and that is the worst game out of all of them. I mean, <laughs> it's still it's not like terrible. It's just in comparison to all of Dark Souls, like Sekiro, like all of From Software's Souls like games. It's the worst one. Like everyone agrees, it's the worst one, and people still play it. So, all right. Well, I mean, that fills me with that. That that gives me a little bit more patience. Like also with my birthday coming up, I figured I'd probably get somebody's going to get me like a a Sony card or something like that that I could use on the store. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'll do that. Like last week, I'll it. This will go into a little bit later, but I had. Um, uh, I had bought enough stuff on Amazon to where I could use some of points from my credit card to buy a PlayStation voucher uh, for the store. So I got like a hundred dollar thing there and I was so close. Like I was just hovering over the buy button on Elden Ring and I was like, do I really want to spend all that hard earned like, you know, spending on an Elden Ring? Do I really want to give that a try? And I was like, no, nah, I'm going to go over here to this game and try this game over here. Instead, I clicked on it and I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I, I would have liked it better or not. But like, And then you bought Deathloop again. <laughs> <laughs> By accident, you're like, how does this keep happening? 
I know. Am I stuck in a death loop? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Sony, Sony mm-hmm. actually had their state of play this week, too. Um, I, I, honestly, I actually thought it was kind of a little lackluster. Like, with all the stuff we kind of know that's in the woodworks for Sony, you know, we got a new God of War game in the pipeline, whatever, like, there wasn't really too much that really got my gears going. Um, I mean, there was some cool stuff. Like, honestly, every everything I keep seeing, like, initially, I didn't give two shits about Tokyo Ghostwire mm-hmm. or Ghostwire Tokyo. But the mm-hmm. more I keep seeing from it, the weirder it looks. And it's like the more interested I become every time I see it. Yeah, that's one of those games where I'm going to I think I'm going to definitely wait to see, like, what happens. Um, with oh, yeah. Review scores and- For sure you know what what it looks like it looks pretty cool it kind of looks like it's the same thing as that other game that they showed uh, the forsaken um the the other magic user like first person kind of magic focused type game but except the other ones in medieval times and this one's kind of like modern day tokyo um so i mean it looks it looks interesting it looks freaky um it looks like one of those like you know suspenseful like kind of thriller type games um and i'm i'm down for it like i mean i i just not knowing much about it other than what i've seen on the commercials i'm hesitant to just be like an early adopter yeah um so we got some of that did that are you gonna get that final fantasy stranger paradise no, I'm not gonna that <laughs> game. Dude, like seriously, it's getting to the point where like some of the Final Fantasy stuff is just getting so weird nowadays. And like it just give me the Final Fantasy remake, like this like version two of that one, so I can play one I can go through one and then go through two and like then I'll wait for three for another like ten years. But like I don't care about like any of the other offshoot Final Fantasy things. Um, uh, you know, maybe a good tactics game would be pretty cool, but um they're getting a little you know, I'm getting a little tired of Final Fantasy. I mean, we're ba- like speaking of tactics stuff. I mean, it's not Final Fantasy tactics, but they showed some new tactics stuff like the what is it? The Valkyrie profile. Uh, yeah. And the, I think even the what Dio Field Chronicle mm-hmm. looks very like fire, fire emblem ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited. I, I love a good tactics game and Valkyrie profile was pretty good. I don't. I don't remember if that was more tactics or if that was more of kind of like a um, like a RP, like a more of a classic RPG. But I love the shit out of that game on the PlayStation Portable, um, and I would love to get another version of that. So I'm 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 hyped for that one. Um, I would say the only other game that I was really hyped for was that Dino game, uh, and I know, dude, Zach is, Zach's house is going to explode when that game drops. Oh, easy. <laughs> and in both good and bad because they're gonna be like this isn't historically accurate for this type of <laughs> reptile dude, when that t-rex comes out with missiles on his back dude you're probably gonna that's all out the window anyway but <laughs> yeah. it's it's, good, it's gonna be pretty funny to uh, it better not be another second extinction that's all i gotta say it, it looks like anthem mixed with second extinction and i just hope it's better than both of those games <laughs> And then I know uh, Mike Miller would murder us if we didn't bring up the fact that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Cowabunga collection, they showed more of that. And of course, you know, that looks just like a classic in time. It does. I mean, like all those games are, are right in like everybody's nostalgia wheelhouse for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I just don't I, I don't know if I want that one released so close to what the, the new one, the Shredder's Revenge or whatever. 
like I think I might just be too played out if I do both of those like back to back. I just I just want the new hotness, and then maybe for Christmas I'll go out and get like the uh, the the Kawabunga edition. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be on sale like around the holidays and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, like I've I've played through I've played through the Turtles in Time like oh dude probably religiously at least, yeah at least fifty times at least bury my shell at wounded knee. I like it. I always remember that level. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, you... I mean, it was. You know, oh, go ahead, go for it. Hmm. Oh no, uh, I was, I was gonna, I wasn't sure if you were done. I was gonna say we could move on to some weekly consultation. Oh, for sure, because I got a lot of shit, and like you know, like PlayStation, it was great. It was, I mean, it was. I don't think there was really anything there that we didn't know was coming. I mean, I think that's why it was kind of lackluster. I mean, the day after that, you got a poster for ragnarok um and that was pretty much like all they showed of that and then you know it, everything else we knew was coming and i didn't see anything for tiny tina's wonderland just you know wonderland of destruction or whatever that game that's coming out in march like dude you should be bumping up like all these games that are coming out um for your for your device right um, i saw that the returnal i never played returnal but it's cool i guess that it's getting some dlc yeah i mean like i said like i'm saying it's it's cool that these things are coming out but like you could tell like i mean nobody was really talking about returnal getting more stuff i mean i don't they dropped that shit on what wednesday is when it was it wednesday or thursday i think it was wednesday yeah and then like the next day there was like zero buzz on twitter like you know that's pretty much a good marker of like how good your presentation was if like you know (laughs) the next day people are talking about it and nobody was talking about it so yeah, we could go. We could move on. We got we got bigger fish to fry. So, weekly consultation, Shannon. What have you been playing? Well, I don't know. Do you want to do you want to start doing the games that we are that we're playing together, uh, or that we've both been playing, or do you want? Yeah, do, you know, I'm interested to hear what what are your thoughts on some. Uh, <laughs> I saw that you've been playing some puzzles and dragons. Yeah, so um, I I saw that come out uh, for the Switch, and I was really excited because it kind of looked like a pretty cool match three puzzle game, uh, and I wanted something that was kind of chill um, that I could kind of get a palate cleanser from uh, Triangle Strategy, like just to kind of get like a, a minute to like actually do something fun, and um, so I played I played the beginning of uh puzzles and dragons and you know i was playing through it and it seemed just like super easy like until you got maybe to like the last level like the last um zone and that's when it started to get a little challenging to to me um i think the starter deck that you get or the starter players that you get are severely underpowered for later on like i don't think they want you to use those characters past like maybe the first two areas like once you start getting the egg drops and you start getting like the other teams i think they want you to focus on using those other teams as opposed to that starting group yeah as soon as uh i got i unlocked the where it's the the light and dark Mm -hmm. team and like as soon as i got them dude i was like see ya and drop the other (laughs) team completely and it's like every time the other team levels up it's like yeah i still don't give a shit about them (laughs) like this light and dark team way better like the last dude the one that turns the entire board into light and dark it's like mm-hmm. yeah no once his ability goes off he's the like in the end game 
like uh-huh. you save him for the final dude that comes out and it's like yeah no you're fucked and then just turn the entire <laughs> board and it's like gone and it's just like yeah welcome to hell <laughs> yeah i have i got the um i got the all dark team first um so it was all dark was their main class and then their subclass was um either fire or water um and then when you do that um they have this one dude who basically does like the second and the fourth row are all dark and then um and then if you do that um if you do it and then like the team's multiplier says that if you have a match over five um everybody's damage multiplier is automatically bumped to nine nine times so like whatever your damage is in those two rows is all automatically multiplied across all five people by nine. So it's like <laughs> like you're throwing up like 100,000 like damage points like per like shot, right? So I mean you basically it's the same thing. The either the light and dark or the all dark ones, like those are the two powerhouses. They just like wreck shop. Yeah, I but love when it, you do it and then it looks like the matrix on the screen with all the numbers <laughs> with how much damage you're doing. <laughs> yeah there's just explosions and fire and then like the shit disappears and you're just like well i guess that level's over like thanks <laughs> you get but, thanos snapped out of existence yeah I, it's just a bummer though that it doesn't seem like there's more teams and that the players aren't you can't swap players across teams and that there's not more content there like it seems like they want you to play this game online against people a lot more like that's the focus of it and i hate that like i would just rather play against the computer yeah yeah, that's kind of what I've been doing. I haven't even done online. I've just kind of been going through the single player mode. Hmm. Yeah, but for four dollars, like I got it on sale for four dollars. Like, it's a good like time waster for four bucks. I would not pay more than four dollars for that game though. Yeah, but for what it is, it's not that bad. Yeah, and mm-hmm. the fact that it gives you like the egg drops and stuff pretty regular. Like, I don't feel like oh, I need to pay for in-game currency. That's true, but I mean, there's the gold eggs, which suck. Like, they're basically just avatars. And then if you get a rainbow egg, that's basically when you get, like, a new team. Yeah. Uh, and like, as far as I know, there's only, like, four teams. There's only those, the four, you can get the, there's there's the team you start out with, the all dark, the light and dark, and then there's a fire team. I think a solid fire team in there, too. But, like, Dude, there's like four other elements that you haven't even like touched as far as creating teams and you're just you're letting us hang there, which is kind of a bummer. Um, So, yeah, Puzzles and Dragons, it's all right for four dollars. I would buy it for anything higher than that. I would stay away from it because there's not enough content there to make it make it fun. But uh, Horizon uh, Forbidden West is still my jam. Um, There's so much to do in that game. Uh, I know Zach is kind of getting tired of it just because there's so much to do. Um, but I mean, I like the hunting aspect and the killing aspect and, you know, powering up your weapons and doing all the side quests. Like I hate seeing a map with a whole bunch of undiscovered shit. Like I want to go discover it. And like, if you have like the mount or you have something that will let you travel at a faster clip, like a, a fast travel pass or whatever, go for it. Like, I like that game a lot. Um, it does, um, make me it does keep me relaxed when I play. Like I don't feel stressed when I'm playing it. I like the story. I like the characters. I like the weapons. So I think I'm going to stick with that for a little bit longer. Um, but if I don't have a lot of time to, the, the one thing is I don't have a lot of time to put in that game, right? I can only play it on the weekends. Um, and 
if there's an update, it takes a while to update. So I've been playing this other racing simulator called Grid Legends, um, and it's an EA game. Um, <clears throat> but Grid, the original one, was a good balance between like a Gran Turismo and then a Forza, right? So like it had the technicality of like uh, Gran Turismo, where if you hit somebody in like the first Grid game. Like you had a dashboard on the side of your screen and you could see if like your alignment was getting screwed up, your tires were wearing. Um, if you hit somebody head on, like in your radiator broke, like your engine temperature would increase and you would have like a little hazard light that your engine like was increasing. There was body damage. The body damage affected how your car would um, would handle. But it also had like the arcade uh, racing aspect of it where um you know the races were short enough they weren't they didn't really need to be that technical like you could run into walls and screw your car up but like as long as you cross the finish line with three wheels on your car you could you know you could you could still win the race um it had a cool rewind feature it was probably one of the first games i think it was probably around the same time the forza came out that first grid game came out so it had the rewind function too and it was super useful the sound on sound design on it was great this game I don't know where the fuck things changed for grid, but this is like a straight up need for speed. Uh, which one was it where they did the um, live action cuts in between? Um, I think it was was one of the most recent ones. I think it was like um, revenge or whatever, like stupid, something stupid. But like this one is basically like their story mode is a fake story where they hired real actors to do the scenes in between. And then you have like these races where you have objectives, which is fine. I don't mind that. Um, like, you know, it's come in first place where there's like an elimination one where you constantly have to be ahead of like, you have to, to be the car ahead of the last place car. Like if you're in last place, you're eliminated. So you keep racing until everybody's eliminated. Um, so, I mean, there's that there's, um, you know, finish in the top five, finish without um wrecking your car then like your teammate gets pissed off at you because like they want more time in the limelight and you're taking all the 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 joy away so like they challenge you so like there's that whole storyline too um but they took out like the whole like motor diagnostics like your car uh, like your car handles a different way depending on like how damaged it is and that's a bummer because like they had it on lock in that first uh, go around and now they just ditched the whole thing to do this story campaign. Um, the cars are interesting. The, I mean, it does have full body damage still, but it doesn't affect your, um, it doesn't affect your car's handling. So that's kind of cool to see your car, like get like damaged. Um, and when you actually hit walls. Um, so I would say it's good. I don't think it's $60 good. Um, but I would say if you can find it for like 40, like inside the $40 range, I think you would have fun with that. Um, they do incorporate a nemesis mode in the racing thing, which is, I think is pretty cool. It's pretty funny. Uh, like we, you know, we always talk about how come these other games don't always have like a nemesis in there for you, like um, Lord of the Rings, but this one does. So if you start beating people on a regular basis, like they start like gunning for you, like they'll like purposely try to like hit your back wheels and pit you and hit you and push you into walls. Like they'll try to like mess your life up. So it is pretty funny to see nemesises in the game like mess with you. Um, so that was a great um, experience. I do like it. Um, it is 
Uh, the graphics are good. The weather is great. Uh, the weather effects are great, like the rain and the driving at nighttime, like the ray tracing, all that stuff. Fun. Uh, it is a PlayStation 4, 4, PlayStation 5 game. So like the graphics, I think, could have been a little stronger. But because it's on two platforms, I think it suffers there. But all in all, I would give it a solid like 7.5 out of 10. Uh, and then let me tell you about Triangle Strategy. Because yes, I've been very excited to hear about <laughs> Triangle Strategy. So I have five hours into this game right now. How many battles do you think I have done in five hours? Um, like if I had to guess, if I in terms of like Fire Emblem or something for like five hours, I'd say probably like I don't know, maybe like ten, something like that. You would be wrong. Um, I if after five hours of playing, I th- I'm on my fourth battle. <laughs> so this game, this game, let me tell you, this game is so heavily story based that like you basically get one tactically based fight an hour. Like, and I think right now it's it's almost once a chapter. So I'm on chapter five. So I'm expecting to have my fifth battle sometime soon. But um, yeah, it's man, there's so much talking and the voice acting is poor. Like, I mean, I get that it's medieval times and people are supposed to be cultured and they're supposed to, you know, they're trying to show like the difference between like, you know, the lower class and the upper class and like how they talk. And there's three different freaking factions. And, you know, one of them controls the salt and one of them controls the iron and one of them controls something else. And they're all trying, you know, they had this big ass war and now they have peace and they're trying to keep all the countries from fighting each other. And of course, you know, all hell breaks loose because one side gets greedy and shit happens. Like, so there's a lot of names. There's a lot of people that you really don't give two shits about because all you want to do is just get out on the field and, you know, tactically slay people. Um, that being said, I think like five hours is the barrier to when things are going to start picking up because like the war actually just started again, um, where I'm at. So, you know, it, you know, it gives us that opportunity. I think they've, they've done a good job telling you the key players, why people are doing the things that they're doing. The story isn't the most riveting. It's not the most, um, exciting, it's it's almost uh it's almost like a typical final fantasy like you know it's like oh you know these people are racists and these people are religious fanatics and these people are whatever and we have to find our differences and our commonalities and this war will unite everybody but right now it's causing everybody like strife and heartache and you know there's three people that are going to change the fate of the entire world and they're all from different um they're all from different kingdoms and they're all going to come together and you know, make things work. Um, so that's, you know, kind of where it's at. It's just, it's a slog, right? Cause you could just mash the a button and you can get through all the dialogue and you can not know what's going on. Um, but if you do that, they punish you for it. So there are moments in the game where you actually like you're the main character, his convictions are strengthened by his interactions and the choices he makes with certain characters, right? So you be you have to kind of 
read the room and the dialogue and then come up with like the best solution. So if you just mash all the buttons and you don't pay attention, you're going to give the wrong answers that are ultimately going to piss people off or like not, you're going to miss out on like key things. Also, if you're not talking to everybody in the city, you're not going to get all the information on what's going on. So when you go into like these negotiations where you're talking to people, like I don't fucking know about what's going on. So then like, you're speaking from experience. (laughs) Maybe you did. Maybe. Uh, And, but like, I mean, if the voice acting was better, I would want to listen to it, but the voice acting, it seems like all the male dudes are played by the same guy. He's just kind of throwing up like a different accent here or there every once in a while. Same thing with all the women. Like, I I think they got like two voice actors to voice like 15 characters. And it's just, um, it's, it's kind of lame. Like, it's just, it doesn't make me, it doesn't I don't think about playing the game. The only reason I play the game is because it's on my switch. And when I'm at my parents house during the week, it's the only console I have that I can play. So, like, if I want to play a video game, I guess I got to play triangle strategy because I put the money into it and I got to see where this goes. Um, so, yeah, it's it's disappointing because I really liked Octopath Traveler. Octopath was dope and it was fun and the voice acting was decent and like the art style was great but like this one like it's just if you, the tactics portion was there and the diet and the story was like 50 percent less this would be a great game but i think they just oh getting through the first five chapters was just it put me to sleep i would play it before i went to bed and literally i would just like fall asleep and the switch would hit me in the face and i'd be like oh okay i gotta turn this off i guess and then i would turn it off and then i would go to bed so yeah it's I hope things turn around. I'm going to stick with it just to see where it goes, but I don't I don't know. We'll see. So, what you're telling me is it's a game of the year contender? <laughs> no. Dude, this year I tell you, like I got games under my belt that are going to be game of the year contenders. Like RCS is definitely going to be on the game of the year list. Horizon Forbidden West is definitely going to be on there. I mean, Grid Legends if it sticks to landing, I mean, if that's a, if that's a, a game that's going to uh that's a game I'm going to be playing for a while. You're like, I'll tell you right now, you're like, Puzzles and Dragons will show up on there sooner before Triangle <laughs> Strategy. Yeah, uh, I will tell you right now, I hope that Tiny Tina uh, Borderlands thing does well. Because after the last Borderlands game, I was kind of disappointed. And it wasn't that the game itself was disappointing. I think it was the loot that made it disappointing to me. Like, I didn't feel I was getting good guns fast enough. I didn't feel like the, the quality of the... Um, the the guns like the the special effects that they had or the humor behind it was there i I just yeah that was my big thing i mean the loot it's like i i agree i guess like you know but for me the the big thing that really disappointed me with three was i just didn't think it was as fun like two two's fucking hilarious Mm -hmm. i love two two's great and then yeah and then with uh the pre the pre-sequel or whatever one like mm-hmm. gameplay wise and stuff it, it was all right it was fun but yeah with this one it's just like i didn't really give a shit about the story like i'm like mm-hmm. bring handsome jack back i'm like he was funny yeah the world just seemed really big and it seemed like traversing it was really painfully slow and it didn't really seem like it had a good direction but um but yeah that's neither here nor there um what games did you play this week justin <laughs> so i've been uh well, for starters, I've been playing Elden Ring. It's a, to no one's surprise, <laughs> I have been playing more Elden Ring. Any chance I get, I am constantly thinking about Elden Ring. I have probably 20-ish photos of 
maps and like whatever of weapons and locations for shit and whatever on my phone that I've saved that I'm like sitting there playing like where the fuck was this and I like scroll through my phone (laughs) to try and find it I'm about 40 maybe about 40 hours into it um I'm level 50 yeah I'm level 50 which isn't into so so let me put this in retrospect for you a lot of people (laughs) I know people who've beaten Elden Ring Mm-hmm. Um, my friend Jeff has beaten Elden Ring and I asked them, I'm like, like, what level are you when you beat Elden Ring? He's like, yeah, he's like, I'm about level 120. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So, and I mean, that's fair. I'm level 50. I still only have maybe about 60% of the map unlocked. Like there's still blank shit on the, I'm like, I don't even know what the fuck's over here never been over there there's weapons i've like oh i want this weapon where is it and i look it up online and it's like oh it's at this location and i'm like where the fuck is this and it's like oh it's all the way up here in like the northeast and it's like oh haven't been there i was like i don't even have that unlocked on the map yet so i'm like i guess i'll come across that area at some point but <laughs> haven't been there can't relate yeah i've, uh, I've seen i've seen some twitter videos of uh people saying like, oh, if you want this weapon or you want this this epic weapon, it's up here. And I watched the video of the dude going to get it. And they do it. Granted, they do it in fast forward. So it goes a little faster. But still, like, it was like, crawl up here, like, go through this cavern. And then there's like bats and shit that are like following this dude. And he's just like, run, he's like noping past them. And then like, he like goes past this like little ravine and like it starts jumping down like these little pedestals, like, you know, these little outcroppings and then gets down to the bottom. And there's another bat and he's just like punch it in the face and then he like runs. And then, like, he's, like, you know, like, noping out of, like, every other battle. And there's some crazy shit. And it's, like, I'm, like, dude, how do people find this shit? Because, like, this thing would take forever. And I would just be, like, noping the hell out of all of this right now. So, yeah, yeah there's crazy. been, there's been, a, it's so crazy. All And I like how all the different areas are so weird. Like, I was telling last, Zach last week, like, I came across this one area where the main enemy are these hands. But they oh, have yeah, like all those the creepiest shit. Yeah, they have like twelve fingers and stuff, and they grab you and crush you to death, and like they crawl really fast at you mm-hmm. and stuff. And there's little baby. There's ones buried underground where you just see the fingertips that jump up and try and grab you. Uh, there's those. Uh, the one area I went to, it seemed like a ghost town, and it's just like no, the, all the people are just like invisible, and they like <laughs> appear out of like nowhere all of a sudden, and then start fucking attacking you with magic. <laughs> So I'm just like running through the town, rolling everywhere. And I'm like, oh, we're getting the fuck out of here. I'm like, I don't want running around grabbing all the items. And I'm like, yeah, we're going to leave because this sucks. I don't want to fight. such a dick move, dude. Like, I swear to God, like, we're just going to make a town with invisible enemies that are just going to pop out and hit yeah, you. And they just like show up and they're like, oh, I'm here. Well, it's funny because the enemies look a lot like, because normally you'll see if you're connected online, you'll see kind of other players and stuff like their ghosts or whatever. kind of, And that's what I thought it was at first because you just kind of randomly see them all the time. I'm like, oh, it's just like someone. And then they launched magic at me. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> like, I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm like, oh, that's not a That's a fucking enemy. Like I can lock onto them. And I turn around. And there's like three more of them behind me. And I'm like, nope, we're getting out of there. Uh, but it's been a lot of fun. Um, I'm hoping to get to play more tomorrow um so but i've also been trying to knock out my backlog and Mm -hmm. so i went back and i beat pokemon brilliant diamond Mm -hmm. thank god yes uh i because i had i think it was like five gym badges or something so i'm like dude i'm almost done i just need like three more and then go to for like 
when since I've been playing, I haven't tried catching any Pokemon. Like I think I beat the game and it said <laughs> I caught like 40 Pokemon, but really it was just from the evolutions. Like I literally didn't even fill up one box with the amount of Pokemon I caught. I was just like the ones that I basically caught were like the first six Pokemon I caught. And between my starter and my Luxio, I just fucking bodied everybody. And the rest <laughs> of my party, because they added the experience share and stuff, everyone just leveled up like with them. And I literally used nobody else in my party besides my starter and Luxio until the Elite Four. And then I was like, all right, guys, now it's your time to shine. Because it's like <laughs> against the gym leaders, against everyone, like all my shit was like 10 levels higher than anything mm-hmm. else. So I was just like, and with fighting fire, like fighting fire took out the majority of anyone. And then it's like, oh, well, what about this water Pokemon? It's like, yeah, well, I taught grass knot to my firing, fighting fire. So he knew a grass move. So it's like, yeah, fuck you. So it's like, I don't need anything. It's like, oh, well, what about this? I'm like, well, Luxio had new like Thunderbolt and like crunch. So it's like lightning and dark. And it's like, so between all those moves, like pretty much take out whatever I want. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only that was the only time I struggled. And let me tell you about this because this was some bullshit. So <laughs> I beat, I got all the eight gen badges. My happy ass went to, I was like, I need to go to the Elite Four. And that's why I messaged you guys. I got to Victory Road and Victory Road's the like super convoluted, like, oh, you need to go like to this way, to this way. Then it's like, you can get lost real easy. And I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, the fuck I am. I went to the bookshelf, dusted <laughs> off my uh, Pokemon Diamond slash Pearl, like, ds strategy guide I'm like victory road victory road, pulled that bad boy up i'm like all right i know exactly where to go and just <laughs> threw on some max repels fought the trainers and just beelined my way through i'm, like, I'm not fucking around with this i don't want to i don't care what items are in here it does not matter we're just getting out of here going to the elite four got to the elite four i'm like okay before each elite four member i'm like i'm gonna save just in case do a safety save I had like the list of like what Pokemon they had. I'm like, cool. I'm like, switch this person to my starter. So I have like the advantage, like, you know, wasn't really an issue. Bodied all the elite four people. Easy peasy. Well, after I beat the last elite four person, I'm like, cool. All I have left is the champion, Cynthia. So I'm like, I'm just gonna go into the next room, save. And then, you know, I'll fight her. Uh, Well, I didn't realize once you go into the room, you you don't get a chance to save. (laughs) It just... You do some dialogue and it just starts the fight. So I never mm-hmm. saved uh, prior <laughs> to before the last Elite Four person. So I was like, oh no. I was like, I didn't get a save. So if I lose and like turn the game, turn it back on, I would have to fight the last, which wouldn't be too bad, I guess. Like I just have to fight the last Elite Four person again and then do whatever. And it'd just be annoying. So I was like, I need to win. And her <laughs> spirit tomb. It was the biggest cocksucker. I mean, that thing just gobbled fucking penises left and right. Like, it's a ghost type. Like, nothing affects, like, nothing is super effective against it. She kept withdrawing it and then summoning something else out and then kept, like, throwing it back in. And so nothing was super, like, ultra effective against So I just kept having to throw whatever against the wall and hope it stuck. And then eventually I killed it. And I was like, cool. I got really lucky at one point because I had my gold duck out and I was going to ice beam it. And then she withdrew it through her other Pokemon out. It got hit with the ice beam and it got frozen. So it couldn't do shit. So I was like, (laughs) all right, that's an easy like KO on this one. I didn't have to even mess with it. And so I'm like, cool, got it down. Most of my party's pretty much dead at this point. 
and <laughs> I'm using revives and like whatever to try and bring him back, but then that's costing me whatever one is in battle to revive one of the dead ones in my party. And it got to the point where she's down to her last Pokemon, which is her Garchomp, which is her like ultimate bad boy dragon fucking baby. It's only weak against two things, dragon and ice is what's super effective. And I was like, all right, Golduck's going to be my ace in the hole because he knows ice beam. So I was like, he's going to have the super effective move. I don't have a dragon type. I don't have whatever. He's going to be the one. So her Garchomp thing fucking bodies all my other shit. All I have left is Golduck. <laughs> and I'm like, you are my last hope, Obi-Wan. I'm like, you got to do this. And I throw like a max potion on him, heal him up. This thing fucking earthquakes it, like almost kills it. I'm like, all right, another max potion. I'm like, I just need him to not earthquake for like a turn. So I can take a turn off to start like reviving my other party members. Dude, this thing just loves the fucking earthquake. Like that's like its favorite goddamn thing in the world. I'm like, how much PP does this fucking move have? Because I've used like 12 max potions and it just keeps earthquaking. Like there's no fucking tomorrow. And at one point it earthquaked to where Golduck had one HP left. And then I'm like, cool. And I just like threw the max revive on it. It just kept earthquaking. And I'm like, this isn't going anywhere. I just keep throwing max <laughs> potions at it. It's just going to keep earthquaking. It's not running out of earthquakes, apparently. <laughs> and so I'm like, I'm just going to have to try and ice beam through this. I'm like, it's over. I don't fucking care. I guess I'm just going to have to fucking fight the person again. I ice beam. It's super effective. Takes out like a good third, almost half of its health. And then it does earthquake. I have one HP left. <laughs> Golduck refuses to die because it said it would be sad if it died. And I was like, it survived? <laughs> so I'm like, I took this opportunity. I'm like, dude, I'm going to use a revive real quick, try and revive one of my other fucking people. And I'm like, I'll just let Golduck go and then revive him once the other person. Golduck gets hit with another earthquake. <laughs> Doesn't die because it said it would be sad if I died. And I'm like, is this really happening right now? Like, So then I revive another one of my Pokemon. Gets hit with a third earthquake, refuses to die. And I'm like, dude, did I just like break the game? And then I just ice beam through it. Next ice beam, super effective, KOs her thing. I'm like, could I have just done that from the beginning? I wasted like 13 fucking max potions trying to outrun this earthquake. And I'm like, would Golduck just not have died in general? And I could have just ice beam through all its moves. I thought this was utter bullshit, mind you. I was like, I can't believe this fucking was a thing. I would be pissed off. If I had, if like I, it wasn't benefiting from this by not having to refight like two fights again. So then I beat the game and whatever. I'm like, well, now I'm done with it. I'm like, I don't care. But I was just so, I was like, dude, this is such bullshit. Like, I don't understand how this is a real thing that's happening in Pokemon right now. But hmm. I'm glad uh, it had a positive ending for you. Yes. So that ended positively for me. So now I can be done. My next goal is to, I want to start Arceus now. And that was my fear was you know you guys basically said well once you start arxius you're never going to want to return to brilliant diamond so i was like mm -hmm. i just want to beat that game then so then i don't have to worry about ever returning to it again now yeah those games are going to be uh like i mean once you play arxius like you're going to go and be like these games are garbage you're never <laughs> going to go back to those games ever they're so they're so cumbersome and annoying compared to the the new format that they're going to yeah so then the last game that i played this week was after playing pokemon before i start arxius i kind of wanted like you like i want a little palette cleanser it's like okay i just played like 24 hours worth of like pokemon game i kind of want to break from pokemon for a second play something else 
So uh, I've been playing some WarioWare Get It Together, which <laughs> I know if you listen to one of the earlier podcasts when I played the demo, I kind of talked. I love Wario Land. I have a Wario fucking tattoo. I like Wario. Uh, I kind of talked shit about the new uh, <laughs> WarioWare a little bit just because I was like, you know, I, I still agree, though. I think Smooth Moves on the Wii is honestly the best one. And I think even the DS one touched is still probably a better game than this one in comparison to having a unique mechanics to it and stuff. But um, it's still a fun game. I mean, I've been playing through, I've only played through like the first like couple stages. You kind of unlock a new character uh, with each stage. And then you're forced into, because it rotates through the characters randomly, like as you unlock them and you have like, you're forced to having three in your party and you always have to have, whatever new character you're unlocking, you're forced to have them in your party. And then as you unlock more, you get to pick um, out of the characters. And each one kind of has different, um, they all kind of play the same, but they also play a little bit different. Like the one chick has like a boomerang and like a little scooter. And with the boomerang, you can kind of control it and it goes like all around and stuff. Wario's kind of like your average kind of basic. He kind of floats around and kind of does his little shoulder shove and like hits shit. Um, 16 bit. He doesn't move, but he points and, like, shoots little, like, CD things and stuff in that direction and can kind of, if there's something he needs to, like, grab onto, you kind of point and click and kind of zip lines over to that section and stuff. So it all kind of plays similar, but all kind of plays different. But the mini games and stuff are that typical Wario, very weird, very <laughs> quick and fun. Sometimes it's, like, a bit dry, like, you'll encounter one for the first time. And it's like telling you to do something. You're like, wait, what the fuck do I need to do? And then you lose it. <laughs> but the next time it comes around, you're like, okay, you're like, I know what I need to do now. But it was just like, there's so much kind of going on the screen at once. Like I didn't really understand what I was supposed to be doing and just panicked and did something. And it's like, that's not what I was supposed to be doing for the mini game. Hmm. That's cool. But uh, it's a relatively short game from like what I've seen and stuff. So that's why I kind of just want to, get through it and stuff and then eventually i'll move on to like arxius and i know kirby comes out into this month and i'm definitely going to be that's going to be a day one purchase for me so so the wario game is it basically like mario party where it's just like a whole bunch of mini games that yeah it's a little bit so each um like there's no real themes i would say to the mini games like each one you kind of go to the different area and it's like the stage is kind of like representative of whatever character unlocking. So it's like, like the one was like kind of food based and stuff, but the mini games are all really random and you usually go to like a certain level. Like you get to a point where you hit them and then it's like, Oh, speeds up. So then the clock ticks down faster and stuff. So it gets a little more intense. And then for each one, there's always a boss stage that you have to complete that's like a little bit longer of a mini game that you have to do and then eventually like once you unlock m enough characters or more characters it does like where it'll just select randomly from the entire pool and then there's modes where you can kind of do endless mode and stuff where you can just kind of play through until you lose because usually it's like if you lose four mini games and it's over and what's nice about this one too compared to the other wario um where games is normally in previous ones after you lose all your lives or whatever, it's game over. You basically have to restart from the beginning again, but they implemented this new system where you have like Wario coins that you earn after like beating the boss. And so after completing a level successfully, you get Wario coins. And if you were to lose instead of game overing, 
you can like continue by spending some Wario coins and then you kind of restart back at the level or whatever that you lost. So you don't lose your progress, which is, which is nice. And especially for like, you know, eventually later on, there's going to be harder levels. Um, And so you won't have to restart from the beginning of the harder level. You can just continue from like level five or whatever that you lost on. It's having to restart at one again. Hmm. Okay. So it's pretty forgiving. I mean, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it, this is they finally kind of learned there, and this is now a game that kind of respects your time instead of like forcing you to do a bunch of bullshit over again. Yeah, and that's what's nice, you know. It's like it has the option, like if you really want to be hardcore about it, you're like oh no, that's cheating. And then you can just click no <laughs> and then restart. If you want to be like a Dark Souls fan, you know, be like oh, you can't you can't use the fucking coins, bro. Like you real fucking WarioWare fan right now. Um, now is is that is is is, is, is I, i'm assuming it's an online multiplayer game right i believe there's online like i know there's definitely co-op well like you can do same console co-op mm-hmm. uh multiplayer and stuff like couch co-op mm-hmm. i'm not 100 mm-hmm. percent sure on online i would have to i'll have to look at that next time i play since i haven't done I don't, I don't i don't have too many friends that i play online with except for you and zach so yeah that's true. Well, you you are getting older. Yeah, that that's true, and that just kind of comes with the territory. <laughs> you know, all my friends have kids, <laughs> and Oof. I have four dogs. Yeah. Well, you know, well, you know, it's, it's kind of similar. They chew on things that they shouldn't chew on. They're yeah. always trying. To... <laughs> or, or as Zach likes to say, you know, with dogs, you don't get in trouble for locking them in a crate for eight hours. No one calls the cops on you for doing that. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. I mean, like you know, you've seen those Sarah McLaughlin commercials. I mean, like you know. Who knows? For just thirty-four cents a day, you too can help support this husky. <laughs> you too can feed this husky day-old pizza crust. <laughs> they love it. <laughs> it's their favorite. All right. Well, uh, are we in our spoiler corner now? Are we doing some spoiler talk? Dude, you know, I hear some sirens, and you brought it up earlier, and I'm interested to hear your thoughts on turning red which is the new Pixar movie that I believe that's what's called that came out on Disney plus. Yes, you are correct. It is a, it is a Pixar joint um, about a girl who um, I guess hits puberty and turns into a red panda. Uh, So they don't really like address it as that, but um, it pretty much, I mean, it's wild and bombastic in the beginning. I mean, like there is she this woman is in your face like I am a take no prisoners like, you know, take charge 13 year old girl. I am doing stuff and everything is to the max because like, you know, I want to be the best at everything and I have all these expectations and, you know, uh, my family, it's always been you always like respect your elders and this is, you know, our this is my story. And, uh, you know, basically it, it kind of follows her like, you know, her group is like the standard nerdy girl group kind of thing. So, like, you got one girl who's kind of like this aggro, um, like, like, you know, super aggro, like short chick. And then you got one who's into like the Twilight style, like books, but is like kind of like has that Wednesday uh, Adams kind of vibe to her. But she's, you know, just kind of like a you know, regular frizzy hair girl. And then you got like the one like kind of like tomboy. And then you have like this one girl who's kind of like the overachiever. So that's kind of like their group, right? It's kind of straight on, like very, very stereotypical. And, you know, as they're outside, like messing around, like, you know, they're, they all kind of fawn over this, um, you know, older, 
man, like skater dude who works at like a gas <laughs> station, man. right? Yeah, I mean, like, well, I mean, like, they're, okay, so like, they're like thirteen. I say, he was like, a he's skater like, he's, boy. Yeah, he's, he's like six. He's, he is definitely a skater boy. He's like sixteen years old, right? So they're like, um, you know, they're like oogling over him, and so like she's in her room doing homework, and like all of a sudden she's just like drawing like this picture on the side of the thing, and she's just kind of like daydream daydreaming, and then like all of a sudden like you see her like like manifest like into like this weird like anime character and then like she's just like drawing like all these weird like little anime drawings of like the dude as a mermaid or like the dude like hugging her and like stuff like that and she like crawls underneath her bed and like starts like furiously drawing like all these pictures you're like okay this is a little extra here like like i don't know if like this would be something because like I, w- yeah, I was excited to have my kid watch it and like he's four and i was like well this is going to create some awkward conversations for me and my son that I'm not ready to have yet. But then like, you know, here we are. Um, luckily he was asleep at the time that I was watching it. But, um, but yeah, apparently like that triggers like this inner instinct in her. And then like, she like goes to bed and has these like weird dreams and then turns into a red panda. And like, you know, she works at this, this whole thing takes place in Canada, like in Toronto, like somewhere around like, uh, like Toronto. Uh, and her family has the oldest, um, Chinese, um, like prayer center in, um, in Toronto. So like they take care of it. Their families, uh, always had like red pandas as like their family crest or like their protectors. And you find out that, you know, it was, um, like a large, uh, like back in the day, like, like long time ago in ancient China. Her family, uh, her her all of the the men went to war to fight and protect their village, and the women stayed behind. And one of the women's uh, prayed uh, to the red pandas and said, like, you know, please, like, make me a fearsome warrior to protect the village while the men are gone. Um, so it was passed down from from uh, on the mother's side from like daughter to daughter um, through the generations. So, you know, it kind of doesn't really go anywhere other than there's this conflict between the mom and the daughter because like the daughter wants to do her own thing and the mom is like you have this family like business that you have to help us out with and you have like your obligations to the family and she's like i just really want to go watch this boy band like play at this arena and the tickets are like 200 bucks a piece so you know oddly enough all the kids at the school are cool with her turning into this giant red panda bear and so they take pictures with her and like she charges them money for pictures and she makes like appearances at parties uh, at their house for like money to buy tickets to go to this concert. And uh, yeah, they go to the concert um, after like a big blowout with the mom. And then the moms, uh, you find out like the all the other women in her family have suppressed their red pandas. Um but and they all wear them as like talismans around their necks well when like they get super pissed off all and they break their talismans they all their pandas all come back and like you know try to uh you know uh stop the the mom because the mom's panda is like the biggest baddest fiercest one so it's really weird it misses the mark the anime like style of it is sometimes can be cool but other than that like i wasn't really impressed with it um, there were like two scenes that I thought were like that showed Pixar's attention to detail um, and they're throwaway scenes, which is the stupidest thing. There's like one scene where like the dad is cooking, um, you know, and he's in the background. But they have this moment where like the mom and the daughter are like, OK, our work is done. We can go inside. Dad's cooking. And then like it breaks to like him cooking them dinner. And like he's like sauteing in the pan. 
or in his walk. And like when he like, you know, is like shucking the food, like the juices and like the oils and waters and stuff that he's pouring in, like perfect. Like they're crisp. They, they look like fluids. They look, you know, like a, like somebody's pouring water in, like you can see each individual like grain of rice, like the detail in those scenes in the food scenes was beyond impressive. Um, you know, but other than that, like this was one of those movies where I finished it and I was like, this was a waste of my time. And it's a bummer because it was a Pixar movie. Um, so yeah, I was, I was really, I was really disappointed. Do you feel like you didn't enjoy it as much because you weren't the target audience? Or do you think even if you were like a, I don't know, like younger girl that like you would have enjoyed it more? Or do you think it's just the movie in general? I watched, I watched it with my girlfriend and she was very unhappy with the movie. Like she did not like the way that the the teenage girls were portrayed. Uh, you know, she thought that they were a little bit too typecasted, a little bit too on the nose, not enough depth of any of the characters. She thought the triggering event of going to see a boy band play at a concert was kind of a little um, demeaning, uh, you know, or not demeaning, but like um, superficial. Like, you okay. know, I think she wanted something of a little bit more substance. Um, and it does kind of seem to revolve around like maturity and like, like coming you know, of age kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. So it, yeah, it, it I don't, I don't think it hit the mark for a bunch of people. Um, okay. You know, so yeah, I, I mean, it's an hour and a half, I want to say an hour and 40 minutes. Um, but yeah, it was a rough hour and 40 minutes. And <laughs> I texted Zach like as, as we finished it and um, he never responded to me last night, but uh, I, I wrote, so uh, turning red, um, not quite what I expected and uh, not good. <laughs> that was my, that was my quote to put on the box. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, yeah, it was, it was rough. Did you, uh, did you watch the Batman? I did. I went after work literally on Friday to go see it. I went to a five 30 showing mm -hmm. because the next showing was not until eight o'clock. Uh, <laughs> well, no, I think it was like seven, maybe seven 30, but it's like, dude, it's a fucking three hour movie. And you know, damn well, there's like half an hour of trailers in front of it. So mm -hmm. it's like, that's three and a half hours right there. So it's like, dude, I like, I only have so much time to see it. So I was like, I need to see it, like, immediately after work. And even then, like, you know, I got home, like, by, like, 9, 9.30, even after the movie. That's some dedication. It was. But I won't spoil it. But I will give you my initial. I thought it was actually really good. Um, it. I want to preface, I also watched The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Uh, the night before going to go see mm -hmm. it because it's also been a minute since I've seen the dark Knight. still love that movie. Um, and I think Robert Pattinson does a really good job as Batman, um, as Bruce Wayne, you know, he does an okay job. I guess I still think Christian Bale does an amazing job as Bruce Wayne. Like he really, I think captures the, you know, like playboy philanthropist, like, he plays stupid, but he's also very, like, sharp-tongued and stuff. You know, mm -hmm. he's like, oh, like, you know, he does, like, a really good job at, like, 
being the like billionaire kind of asshole guy that everybody thinks he is. Um, what mm-hmm. was really surprising is honestly though, as much as I'm like, oh, you know, like Robert Pattinson, whatever, like was only an okay Bruce Wayne. He's only Bruce Wayne for maybe like five percent of the movie, if that. Like he's maybe mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne for a total of maybe like ten minutes in like the entire movie. So he's barely Bruce wow. Wayne. He's pretty much Batman the entire movie, which is pretty great. Now, when he's when he's does he take like the Christian Bale approach where like um he his voice changes when he turns into Batman? Is his voice the same or his voice is it's not dramatically different. And maybe it's like a little different, like maybe like a little like deeper, like a little maybe like more serious. But it's not a dramatic night and day difference like Christian Bale. Like Christian, Bale <laughs> Christian Bale would be like Bruce Wayne. He's like, oh, hi, Alfred. And he's like, where <laughs> Where it was not like that for Robert Pattinson. But I, I will tell you right now, though, his Batman, he is batshit crazy. And like as Batman, like it is like the like comic book. That's kind of what I like the most about it is like, I know you're not, um, a super big like comic book like person and says a lot of story but like for zach if you're like listening and stuff like i mean it's basically like longest halloween mixed with year one um mixed with hush which are like three of some of like the best batman storylines ever like in comics and they basically used a lot of those as references and you can tell in the movie watching it and there's kind of easter eggs and like little different stuff like nods to those storylines in specific and stuff throughout the movie but he is a very unhinged batman throughout the entire like you know he's obviously like tired like staying up late like he basically like is batman like batman to him is not like him it's basically like an entity that like lives within him Mm -hmm. like he is like like this unstoppable like force basically that he unleashes on gotham and like it and when i say like year one two it's because he's established as batman already like in this universe like you don't see you don't see his parents die you don't see whatever like he's existed as batman for a while and it's like he's now like starting to work with gotham pd and stuff and kind of gain their trust at this point like he's been like a vigilante like like oh you know he they're past the he's kind of like a menace part and the oh he's like actually good so we're gonna work with him part and that's the part we kind of get to see so he's obviously been batman already for like a couple years or so like at this point and now he's starting to kind of gain that notoriety and stuff and that name of that like people know the batman like people are actively afraid of him like in the movie and stuff they have like the light on top of like the Gotham PD and stuff to call him and stuff. So he's been established in Gotham for a while at this point. Now, uh, the Riddler's costume and like other, uh, portrayal. So like there's Catwoman, there's the Riddler, there's the penguin. Mm-hmm. Uh, are there any other villains that show up? I mean, like without spoiling it, I mean, like, I don't know if there's like the Joker is going to show up and be like the big bad in like the movie or anything like I mean, is there, I mean, what do you think of their portrayals? Because, like, I've seen the the Riddler's costume, like, you know, basically a jumpsuit with, like, a leather mask and his glasses and stuff like that. Um, yes. Um, so, I act, so, I'll be real honest. I actually really liked Catwoman. 
Um, mm-hmm. I thought she did a really good job. In specific, I really like her and Batman's relationship throughout the movie. Like, I thought they had a really good dynamic and stuff throughout the entire thing. The way they kind of, like, talk to each other and, like, portray it. It's not, like, they're not, like, super, like, lovey-dovey or, like, anything like that. But, you know, and that's kind of how they are in the comics, too. You know, they, like, are together and then kind of not. And they kind of have this, like, on and off thing and stuff. And they kind of, like, set that up you know, a little bit that they kind of care for each other, but like, know that, you know, he will always be Batman. He'll always be needed. Like that is his main priority. And you will always just kind of be a second entity in his life. So you will never really get him because he will always just be Batman. Um, Riddler was <laughs> like, Riddler was really good in terms of like being, he kind of reminds me of like a off the rail, like, like, I picture him, like, he's very kind of, like, you know, crazy kind of, like, on Reddit person, you know, like, he's like, oh, like, you know, like, fuck it, like, the truth will be revealed, like, one of those, like, kind of cringy, like, Redditors and stuff, which I think it works, like, how it comes off, because he's also kind of very, again, like, very, like, inexperienced, like, he's not, like, the hardened, like, Riddler in the, like, he just kind of became the Riddler recently, so it's, like, almost like the Riddler Beginnings, Mm-hmm. and stuff so it's like any shortcomings like with his like character and stuff i feel are almost intentional due to him just now being the riddler and you know i feel like if they choose to kind of i don't know like bring him back or something or continue you know i think you know his suit like, like he might get like more of like closer to like the comic book costume or something later on or but because this is kind of just like the beginning makings of the riddler but in terms of like the riddles and stuff like stuff like that, it's very much like a crime kind of drama thing throughout like thriller, like movie throughout the entire thing, which I kind of really like. Like you're kind of trying to figure out like what's going on and stuff, and like what does this riddle mean, and try and like piece it together. And Batman's trying to be it's like the first actual Batman movie where he's genuinely a detective, like trying to figure <laughs> out a case. Which I love. It's something we haven't got to see before, and that's what Batman's known for. He's the world's greatest detective. And so it's really cool to kind of get to see that aspect of it. Penguin was really nice. good. Um, I really did like Penguin. His makeup looks fantastic. And again, it's kind of like the origins. Like a lot of this seems like the origins of like Penguin's not like the insane, like mob boss like you know person that he is in the comics but by like the end of the movie that's kind of like where they're they're obviously going to take him if they like continue on with that but you kind of get to see him his rise kind of up to that point which is cool awesome yeah i mean i was a little worried when i saw that the runtime was like three hours and like you know, it's rough when people are like, this is where you go pee in this movie. I'm like, oh, son of a bitch. Well, like, and <laughs> I'll be honest, like for me, I'm not going to say like, oh, I'm like, oh, dude, that didn't like for me, like watching like any of it. It's like, oh, dude, that three hours didn't feel like three hours. But like it feels like three hours, but it's not like I was sitting there looking at my watch like the entire time. Is this still going? Like what is going Like I was actively engaged in the movie the entire There wasn't a point where I'm just kind of like, oh man like when is <laughs> when is this gonna fucking go somewhere <laughs> like, 
Like I wasn't like sitting there like sighing into my popcorn for an hour wondering like when the movie was going to pick up. Like it was, I felt it was pretty well paced in terms of like action and then like crime stuff and then more action. And like I said, I loved getting to see like straight up kind of uncaged Batman, like him just like beating the shit out of someone to the point where, you know, it's too far and people are like (laughs) scared and like running away because they're like, this dude's fucking crazy. Like he's literally (laughs) beating this dude to death in the fucking street. Like we are going to leave right now. Wasn't that the, wasn't that like the first trailer was just him like beating the shit out of somebody, (laughs) which is why I didn't really consider that a spoiler since that it was literally in the first trailer. And it's also within like the first, like 10 minutes of the movie, you just see him like actively like beating the shit out of fucking people. That's good. I mean, I'm glad. I'm glad. Um, it seems like they did a, a really good job with this. Where would you, where would you rank it in like all of the Batman movies? Like, do you think it's it's a high? Like, do you think it's a high like benchmark for the series, or do you think it's just kind of middle of the road? I think it's high. Like, I would like I like in terms of like the Nolan trilogy. I still think, in my opinion, I still think the, I, the Dark Knight will probably forever just be a masterpiece to me. It's so quotable, and I mm-hmm. mean, if Heath Ledger wasn't in that movie, it wouldn't be what it is. Mm-hmm. But I still just absolutely love it. Um, I was, I would, I honestly think it's better than the Dark Knight Returns. I wasn't like a huge fan of the Dark Knight Returns with like mm-hmm. Bane and stuff. I thought that one was just all right. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of like Batman Begins. It's been a minute since I've seen it, but I still I'd put it on par. I still think Batman Begins is really good. Um, and of course, like you know, once you go once you go back further than that and start getting <laughs> into like the Tim Burton one, whatever you know, it gets a little hokey. Little. I will say this: so the bat, his bat. I think they did a really good job of this. Like his Bat Cave, I feel mm-hmm. like is a great marriage of like the Christopher Nolan. Like it's like modern, but it's also like very um like the tim burton like very comic book they did a really good job of like blending the two of it actually being a cave with fucking bats in it but not having like the like bunch of trophies you know like whatever everywhere like it's still very technology and like nice but not like nolan like the year like 2077 like technology like sonar (laughs) but like not that level of technology but it's like modern technology but also kind of um not modern at the same time like still like it doesn't look like it came from the year 2077 but it's like like it's definitely high tech but looks like it's made out of like you know old parts kind of so it's like the old parts but high tech looking because it's kind of like how the batmobile looks it's not like some like sleek like fucking tesla going through the streets like some like giant like muscle car like whatever but it still looks decked out and you know Mm -hmm. he has a utility belt with stuff you know he doesn't use like a ton of gadgets and stuff throughout the movie but he uses like you know like your typical like you know the um grappling like hook and stuff you know he uses that like mm-hmm. a couple times throughout and stuff he doesn't really have like batarangs and stuff but he has one that's kind of like his emblem on his chest and stuff that pops out and stuff that he uses that like a couple times and so so it's pretty cool like he uses some like i like the fact that they didn't like go to ham with like mm-hmm. him relying on t- a lot of it's kind of like boots on the ground, just him like beating the shit out of people with his bare hands, not really like <laughs> using like weapons or technology or like anything like that to get it done. It's just like 
good old fashioned American like fucking ass kickings. <laughs> He's like, well, they want the sleeping pill or the cemetery. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah but, it's uh so he does so i guess that answers my question he doesn't like shoot anybody like yeah, he doesn't no, just he go doesn't. full like perk. yeah no he doesn't like shoot anybody uh but there, there's also some good like one line to like because gordon like works with them and stuff in the movies and stuff there's some like funny moments with that and stuff where batman's like he's like no guns or whatever and gordon's like Pff. he's like man that's your rule it was like cocking his guys like, i ain't fucking like like he's like i ain't wearing like a fucking kevlar suit and shit i'm bringing a goddamn gun like i don't know what you're talking about yeah i don't know about you i'm an extra in this bullshit like i'm just yeah. gonna bring a gun <laughs> yeah he's like who are they gonna shoot at like the dude in the fucking bat costume or the fucking cop like <laughs> just an average <laughs> joe blow over here yeah well all right. Well, uh, Justin, do you want to do you want to land this plane? I mean, you've been doing a lot of the heavy lifting today. Do you want to you want to finish it off? Yeah, you know, my shoulders are a little tired, but uh, I got enough energy to uh, land this bad boy. You know what, guys? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to another episode of the That Pixel Life podcast. If you miss Zach, well, you know what? He'll be back next week. So don't fret. Head on over to Discord. Tell him that you missed him. If you saw Batman, you know, we got a movie spoiler section. Let me know what you thought of the Batman. I'm interested to hear what you guys thought. I didn't want to get too spoilery with it since, you know, I still want there to be some surprises for you guys and for Shannon. But, you know, I'm interested to get into some of the nitty gritty with you because I think it was a good movie. And while you're at it, why don't you head on over to Spotify? Give us a review. Let us know that your boys are doing a good job. And, uh, hey, Shannon, if uh, Robbie was here, what do you think Robbie would say? He would say, you know what, guys? Go out there and be great. <laughs> it was also 32 degrees in my gym this morning, <laughs> and so when I was doing my bicep curls, my poor little thighs were jiggling in the little dang old garage. <laughs> my testicolitos got stuck to the bar, and I'm having a bad day. <laughs> john's 13 12 i tell you what <laughs> oh my gosh damn damn